Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware. We have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit. But frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Katie, and the human pepper-up potion to my right is Ellen. I do pepper people up. (laughs) I'm not really sure what that means. But last week, we discussed Chapter 1, The Worst Birthday, and its corresponding film scenes. The movie skipped over the visit to the Department of Backstory and started right in with a photo album full of gifts and Hedwig in a Cage. The Dursleys dress to impress, but once again, their personalities make them out to be nothing more than polished turds. Luckily, the goodness of their hearts and the threat of CPS keeps Harry out of the cupboard under the stairs and sporadically fed raw grilled cheese. Harry misses Hogwarts and his friends, especially since the only M-word allowed around the Dursleys is manual, as in labor, which is a shame since magic is likely the only thing that could help the hideous portrait of Dudley in the hallway. (laughs) During episode 19, sassily regurgitating, our Potter pondering was what ridiculous or ridiculous spell would you make up to mess with Dudley? So, we are recording this remotely, with Katie and Canton and me in Cleveland, and that's why the audio might sound a bit weird during this part. Yeah, we live about an hour away from each other, which can sometimes make getting together to record a bit of a pain. Yep. But let's just keep rolling into our Keeper's responses. Carly suggested the classic Abracadabra, along with Pikachu and Jigglypuff. (laughs) Kristen said she'd make his food try to eat him, which cracks me up because if Dudley were afraid his food would eat him before he could eat it, he'd probably look a lot different. And actually, I mean, that would might be a really great weight loss scheme, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Quincy suggested a twist on Ron's spell. Sunshine Daisy's buttermellow turned this stupid fat boy yellow. <laughs> which is hilarious in itself. And then... Someone suggested that he actually paint Dudley's face yellow that night, so he wakes up the next day and just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> and I love that. And that's just brilliant and hilarious. Um, total side note. I one time convinced my brother, my friend and I convinced my brother that we learned a new way to put people in trances, because we did that as kids. We, like... You know, light as a feather, stiff as a board type things, but like putting people in trances. Oh, we yeah. told him mm-hmm. that we, we learned a new way to put him in a trance and convinced him to lay on the couch. And I had my friend Megan massage his temples while I dripped water on his face, like warm water, because that's how you put somebody in a trance. And in reality, <laughs> I just watercolor painted all over his face. <laughs> and then we pretended like, the trance didn't work and let him walk around the house until he uh, happened to pass a mirror with just watercolor all over his face. Wow, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, kind of was. <laughs> so proud of it, too. I just remembered that in this moment. Oh, my God. But anyway, back that on track. That being said. Yes. Several people suggested using Merlin's spell from Sword in the Stone, which I got a kick out of since I just watched that. I could totally hear him say it when I read it. Hockety pockety wockety whack, abracabra dabra knack. That one? Yep, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> this one, 
And then, of course, it's even funnier mm-hmm. when he starts to get more frantic. Yeah, I think that would definitely freak out Dudley. For sure. I think if it were set today, he could simply say, like, coronavirus, and that would freak basically anyone out. Seriously, I just found out today that they're closing Ohio schools for three weeks as a precaution, which, honestly, I'm grateful for, and not just because I get a three-week-long spring break, but because I'd much rather nip this in the bud. No kidding. Like, one of the five confirmed cases in Ohio currently is actually in my county, So definitely it is good to try to stop it before it gets worse. I'm not going to lie. That's the real reason I didn't want to drive to Canton to record with you today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if you would have driven all the way out here, I would have had to put on pants. So we both win here. We are on video Skype. I can still see you. Oh, shit. (laughs) Anyways, moving on. You love it. Our trivia question last week was... Who wrote the ministry letter warning Harry of expulsion if he performed any more spells outside of school? The letter was written by Mafalda Hopkirk, who was also the witch that Hermione later impersonates with Polyjuice Potion later on in the series. I just love those little touches that JK puts in. I know, right? And Dave is once again our winner. He's creeping up on Quincy's eight-week winning streak and now has a three-week streak of his own going. Though Quincy did just get a new job and no longer has Fridays off like he used to, so I'm sure we'll see him swoop in first with the answer again, but as he adjusts to his new schedule, now is the time to get in here and answer the question before he can. Or to try and get in before Dave can. I still wake up in the middle of the night to check and see who ends up answering first, and then I just drink extra coffee Friday morning. It's worth it. Let's just keep rolling into Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning, and the corresponding film scenes. Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning Harry manages to keep himself quiet when he sees the little creature with large bat-like ears and big green eyes sitting on his bed. He recognizes the eyes as the same that had been watching him from the hedge that morning. The creature slips off the bed and bows very low to Harry, who notices he's wearing a dirty old pillowcase as clothes. Harry says hello, and the creature responds in a loud, high-pitched voice, saying, Harry Potter, so long Dobby has wanted to meet you, sir. Such an honor it is. Harry says thank you and doesn't want to be rude, so he asks, Who are you? Even though he really wants to ask, What are you? The little creature says that he is Dobby the house elf, and Harry tries to explain that it isn't a good time to have a house elf in his bedroom. Dobby explains that he had to come to warn Harry, but he isn't sure where to begin, and Harry asks him to sit down. Dobby bursts into very noisy tears, claiming that he has never been asked to sit down with a wizard like an equal. Harry tries to shush him and comfort him at the same time, and says that he can't have met many decent wizards. Dobby agrees, then begins to loudly punish himself for almost speaking ill of the wizard family he is magically bound to. Harry again tries to quiet him, but feels bad that Dobby cannot leave his wizard family and asks if there is anything he can do to help. Dobby continues to be extremely loud and tells Harry that he has heard about his greatness, but never his goodness. Harry is embarrassed and says he isn't all that great, not even top of the year in his class. He starts to say that it is Hermione, but stops because it makes him sad to think of his friends. 
Dobby mentions Harry's triumph over he who must not be named and how brave he is, and then finally explains that he came to tell Harry that it isn't safe for him to go back to Hogwarts this year. Harry says that he has to go back, and Dobby protests, saying that going back will put him in mortal danger because there is a plot to make bad things happen at Hogwarts this year. Harry wants to know more information, but Dobby can't tell him and starts banging his head against the wall. Harry stops him and wants to know why he is warning him, if it has anything to do with Voldemort. Dobby's eyes go very wide as he shakes his head and says, Not he who must not be named. Harry doesn't get the clue Dobby seems to be giving and says that if it isn't you-know-who, he doesn't see how it could be that unsafe with Dumbledore there. Dobby agrees that Dumbledore is very powerful and starts to say that there are powers that no decent wizard, but stops himself and begins beating himself in the head with Harry's desk lamp. It fell silent downstairs and then Harry hears Uncle Vernon coming up the stairs. He stuffs Dobby into the closet, closes the door, and flings himself on the bed just as his uncle comes in, wondering what he was doing. He warns him not to make any more noises and stomps from the room. Harry lets Dobby out of the closet and reiterates that he has to go back to Hogwarts because it's the only place he has friends. Dobby questions this because his friends don't even write to him, and Harry realizes that Dobby has been keeping him from getting his letters. Dobby shamefully explains that he thought that Harry might not want to go back to Hogwarts if he thought he didn't have any friends. He pulls the letters out of his pillowcase, and Harry asks for them back. Dobby says he will give them back if Harry promises not to return to Hogwarts. Harry refuses, and Dobby runs out of the room and down the stairs. Harry goes after him and finds him in the kitchen, levitating his Aunt Petunia's pudding. Harry begs him not to, and Dobby again asks him to promise he won't go back to Hogwarts. Harry says that he can't. Dobby drops the pudding to the floor and vanishes, leaving Harry in the kitchen covered in pudding. Everyone rushes in to find him like that, and Vernon nearly manages to smooth the whole thing over with the Masons until a large barn owl shows up with a letter for Harry. Mrs. Mason is terrified of birds and runs from the house. Mr. Mason thinks it's a sick joke and leaves after her. Vernon brings the letter to Harry to read. It is an official warning from Mafalda Hopkirk with the ministry about not being allowed to use magic outside of school, and Vernon is not happy to learn that Harry neglected to tell him about that. He decides to lock Harry in his bedroom, knowing that he won't be able to use magic to escape without being expelled. They have bars installed on the window and put a cat flap on the door so that he can be given food. He is let out in the morning and evening to use the bathroom, but otherwise locked up around the clock. This goes on for three days before Harry starts having bad dreams about being locked in a zoo and ogled at through the bars by Dobby and the Dursleys. He wakes up from the dream and Ron Weasley is actually looking at him through the bars on his window. In the movie, a small creature with bat-like ears and big green eyes is jumping on Harry's bed. Harry asks, who are you? And learns that the creature is Dobby the house elf. Harry politely tries to explain that it's a bad time to have a house elf in his bedroom. Dobby says that he understands, but that he came to tell him something difficult to explain. Harry invites him to sit down and Dobby ends up loudly emotional because he has never been asked to sit down by a wizard like an equal. Harry speculates that he can't have met many decent wizards, and Dobby readily agrees, but then begins to bang his head against the dresser in punishment because it was an awful thing to say. The Dursleys and their guests hear the racket and look up towards the noise. Harry stops Dobby and tries to quiet him, asking if he is all right. 
Dobby explains that he had to punish himself because he almost spoke ill of the wizard family he is bound to serve. He tells Harry that they would be very mad if they knew he was there, but he had to come and warn him that he must not go back to Hogwarts this year. He says that there is a plot to make terrible things happen. Harry asks for more information and Dobby goes through a very noisy struggle, unable to tell him. Harry tries to calm and quiet him again, but Dobby jumps up on the desk, grabs the lamp, and begins hitting himself on the head. The commotion is once again heard all the way downstairs, interrupting Vernon's Japanese golfer joke. Vernon storms upstairs and Harry grabs Dobby and manages to shove him in the wardrobe just before Vernon opens the bedroom door. As Vernon is threatening Harry to keep quiet, the wardrobe keeps popping open. Vernon tells him to fix that door and heads back downstairs. Harry lets Dobby out and explains that he has to go back to Hogwarts because he doesn't belong here and it's the only place he has friends. Dobby points out that his friends don't even write to him, and Harry wants to know how Dobby knows that. Dobby tells Harry not to be mad at him, but confesses that he took the letters in the hopes that Harry wouldn't want to go back if he didn't think he had any friends. Harry demands his letters, and Dobby shrieks, No! before opening and running out the bedroom door. Harry chases him to the kitchen, where Dobby sees Petunia's fancy pudding. He snaps his fingers, and the pudding rises into the air. Harry knocks him out of the way and attempts to catch the pudding, making it appear as though he is the one levitating it. Dobby snaps his fingers again, and the pudding drops right on Mrs. Mason's head. Vernon tries to smooth the situation over by explaining that his nephew is very disturbed, and meeting strangers upsets him. Harry looks back at Dobby, who snaps his fingers a third time, and vanishes. The scene shifts to Vernon up on a ladder, fitting Harry's window with bars, while Petunia and Dudley watch from the ground. Harry watches from inside the window, and Vernon tells him that he will never go back to that school or see his friends again. Transitioning to nighttime, Harry is asleep when a puttering sound wakes him. He looks out the window and sees two lights in the distance, growing closer. As they near his window, Harry realizes that they are headlights on a flying blue car. It pulls right up to the second story of the house, and to Harry's surprise, Ron greets him from the passenger seat. I think this is another good example of the movie predominantly dramatizing what happened in the book. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, the two stay pretty close to one another, and it's only very minor details changed. This part of the book starts out with Dobby sitting on Harry's bed. Right, and as we concluded at the end of last week through deductive reasoning and the presence of bed springs and jubilation, Dobby was in fact jumping on the bed and not any other shenanigans that you so grossly pointed out that could be related to the bed springs and sounds of jubilation. Thank God it wasn't the Dursleys. <laughs> Thank God indeed. <laughs> Shiver. Ugh. In both, Harry wants to know who he is, though in the book he really wants to ask what he is. And we yeah. learn that he is Dobby the house elf. And Harry points out that it isn't really a good time to have a house elf in his bedroom. Exactly when would be a good time to have a house elf in your bedroom, Harry? Next Tuesday at four. Does that work for you? I mean, beyond that, I'm going to have to check my schedule. Schedule? Schedule. Sorry, that doesn't work for Dobby. It's now or never because Dobby has come to warn Harry Potter. I just love Dobby. I know. Like, I woof, I woof his little voice. and I don't even care what I sound like right now. And, but his big old eyes and his big old ears and... He's just so freaking adorable. I know, I love him. I just, well, it was awesome seeing him come alive. 
I just, I just thought he was perfect. Like those ears, the big old eyes, his, the squeaky voice. Oh, I love the squeaky voice. Um, the dirty pillowcase. And yeah, I, I was really nervous after the lack of peeves. And I knew they wouldn't cut Dobby out. Yeah, they couldn't. But at the same time, I was like nervous because you heard rumors that they cut peeves because of it didn't look right on CGI. Right. Was Dobby so was, not going to look right? Yeah, would he not look know. right? Yeah. But, it, but it was so nice to see him exactly how I imagined him. And I, I just loved everything about him. He was yeah. so cute. I was definitely nervous too, but they exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. My only actual qualm with this scene was how much they streamlined it. Yeah. Which they are want to do. Yes. <laughs> In the book, the conversation is longer and punctuated with more self-flagellating on Dobby's part. Honestly, I get why they streamlined it, but I do wish we could have had more of their conversation. After Dobby punishes himself for nearly speaking ill of his family, <gasps> Harry feels bad that Dobby can't just leave them and asks if there's anything he can do to help. Dobby then embarrasses him by wailing, loudly, about Harry's greatness and goodness. He does mention Harry's greatness before going on to say that he's never been asked to sit down by a wizard like an equal, though. Yeah, and that's true. But that kind of just annoyed me. They took something from the book and then put it in front of a line that it wasn't part of in the book. Mm -hmm. And I really liked how Dobby had mentioned that he'd heard of his greatness, but not his goodness. Because ultimately, Harry was really good. You know, I wonder if that has something to do with Harry not being raised around magic. Because... Like, Ron was raised in the wizarding world and thinks nothing of House Elves' enslavement. Like, doesn't want him hurt or anything, obviously, but doesn't really... He thinks they like it. Yeah, he doesn't really consider them. But both Harry and Hermione are, are opposed to it or, or don't understand it. Right. I wonder... Yeah, no. Do. That's a really good point. I think we're going to have to explore that more later because I just about started to wonder. Yeah. So, But we get more into House Elf and stuff. So mm-hmm. we will definitely have to get back to that one. For so sure. for now, back to the chapter at hand. Yeah. <laughs> After Dobby mentions Harry's greatness and goodness, Harry tries to deflect, saying it's a load of rubbish. And Dobby talks about how Harry triumphed over he who must not be named and how he recently met him and escaped yet again. Mm-hmm. Which Harry confirms. And finally, Dobby tells him that he's come to protect and warn him that he must not go back to Hogwarts. Yeah, Voldemort is not mentioned in the movie during this part at all. Actually, part of this conversation does sort of end up happening later in the film. So we will end up talking about that then. But the movie only has Dobby punishing himself twice before it alerts the Dursleys and the Masons. The first time was when he's banging his head against the dresser. And they show everyone at the dinner table looking up at the ceiling. Right. Like, what the hell's that? Yeah, the book doesn't give any indication that the Dursleys do hear any of Dobby's other antics. Mm-hmm. It just has Harry repeatedly trying to quiet him down so they don't. As he beats his head against the window and the wall and... To the window! <laughs> to the wall! <laughs> Dobby's eyes are like tennis balls! <laughs> Well, that just happened. All these witches crawl. And let's just keep uh, rolling. Fine, but it was getting really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second time Dobby beats himself in the movie is right after Dobby warns Harry that he must not go back to Hogwarts. 
And Harry wants to know why, and Dobby goes through a very noisy struggle before Daniel Radcliffe takes a page out of the William Shatner book of acting, (laughs) of course, where he's like, okay, I understand, you can't say. (laughs) I'm doing this with jazz hands, too. It's happening. There are jazz hands going on right now, guys. That's how I'm, I'm motivated here. But and then Dobby grabs the lamp and starts beating himself in the head with it. <laughs> and then Harry goes all Jafar on him. Give me the lamp! Oh my god, he does exactly. And, <laughs> and then Harry grabs him and shoves him in the wardrobe. Or, or oh, or is it an armoire? I think that just depends on how French you want to be about it. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Um, we've already passed the bed springs and jubilation part. <laughs> So, I'm just going to get us back on track. That's the only French you know, isn't it? I mean, it's the only French I need to know. An armoire. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, an armoire. But, <laughs> anyway, this basically happened in the book, too. Though the American version calls it a closet. So just for the hell of it, I checked the British version, and it does say wardrobe. Okay. So, regardless of where Harry shoved Dobby, <laughs> in the book, it didn't happen until after more conversation. Like in the movie, Harry asks for more information and Dobby can't say, but it turns into a game of taboo, where Harry guesses and Dobby gives clues. Maybe charades would have been better. (laughs) Yeah, or Pictionary. (laughs) Harry wonders if it has anything to do with Voldemort, and Dobby says, Not he who must not be named, with very wide eyes. And all Harry gets out of that is, he doesn't have a brother, does he? Yes, Harry. Yeah, Voldemort has a brother named Moldyvort who has sworn to avenge his brother's death and is after you. You must not return to Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for real, Dobby shakes his head and Harry figures that if it isn't Voldemort and he doesn't have a brother, there isn't much chance of horrible things happening at Hogwarts with Dumbledore around. And Dobby calls Dumbledore the greatest headmaster Hogwarts has ever had and says he's very powerful, but there are powers that no decent wizard, which he then cuts himself off again to beat himself. And this is when he grabs the lamp. So Vernon actually does hear that and comes upstairs and Harry shoves Dobby in the closet or wardrobe or on moi, depending on how American, British, or French you want to be about it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Vernon's line in the movie is basically word for word from the book, which I really like. What the devil are you doing? You've just ruined the punchline of my Japanese golfer joke. One more sound and you'll wish you'd never been born. I'm pretty sure Harry already wishes he hadn't been born every time he's around the satchels of assholes. Seriously. But you're right. This is word for word to the book. The only real change is the added drama of the wardrobe door repeatedly popping back open. And fix that door. Yep. And that wasn't in the book. No. But what follows also stayed pretty consistent between the two. Harry lets Dobby out of the closet wardrobe armoire and references Vernon's treatment of him as why he's got to go back to Hogwarts. It's the only place he has friends. Friends that don't even write to Harry Potter? Well, I suppose they've been just... Hang on. How do you know my friends haven't been writing to me? <laughs> and in both, Harry realizes that Dobby has been keeping him from his letters and demands them back. And then Dobby turns into a two-year-old who has just been asked what they are eating and shouts, No! before running away. Well, that was in the movie. Mm-hmm. In the book, Dobby tells Harry he can have them back if he promises not to go back to Hogwarts. When Harry refuses, 
Then Dobby says Harry leaves him no choice and runs from the room. Harry finds him in the kitchen with Petunia's fancy schmancy pudding floating up near the ceiling and begs him not to. Well, Dobby does say all that to him down in the kitchen, too. Like, once they get down the stairs. Yeah, and he repeats it in the book. So in the book, it happens twice. Yeah. But this moment in the movie was definitely dramatized. Which makes sense, since the way they did it made the scene a lot more interesting to watch. Instead of just causing the pudding to hover near the ceiling, Dobby causes it to start floating towards the Dursleys and their company. And Harry ends up creeping behind the damn thing, though how he thought he was going to help in it. Like, I don't know what he thought he was going to do there. Maybe he was trying to catch it. Well, maybe he should have at least grabbed a plate or something to try to catch it, because then it wouldn't have looked like he was the one levitating it. I think we've already established that Harry isn't the greatest of thinkers. There is that. True. But not only does he look like he's levitating it, Dobby then drops it directly onto Mrs. Mason's head, making it appear as though Harry is an unstable dick who gets off on dropping desserts onto random women's heads. Which makes total sense for Vernon to call him unstable, all things considered. True. The movie is definitely more interesting than in the book when the pudding is only splattered all over Harry in the kitchen, with no one actually witnessing anything but the aftermath. Yeah, plus in the movie we can assume that the deal is ruined and the Masons leave because Miss Mason is, you know, covered in pudding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Reasonable. Yeah. Though in an extended scene, Mr. Mason seems far less offended than Mrs. Mason as he sticks his finger in to sample the pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is a fun little scene, actually, because Petunia is trying to distract them from the floating pudding behind them um, with, like, awkward compliments about her suits and their tailor-made. Oh, all my suits are tailor-made. Yeah, and they're kind of douches. And then Dudley, all he can just say is just literally, like, pudding! (laughs) <laughs> and then it plops, like, right on her head. Which it could have been the moment that he gave his really, really shitty compliment that we talked about right, in the last yeah. episode. We had to write about our heroes at school, and I wrote about you. But I, I honestly think having him go, pudding, yeah. was funnier. So. There was so much he could have said, but... And it honestly, it didn't even make the scene that much longer, so I don't get why they cut that. Yeah. It was funny. Leave it in. It was it amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously that didn't happen in the book since the pudding didn't end up on Mrs. Mason. There actually was a chance that Bag of Assholes could have saved the deal. But then the owl arrived from the ministry and drops a letter right on Mrs. Mason's head, who is inconveniently deathly afraid of birds. Of course. So, right. So they leave And an already extremely pissed Vernon now learns that Harry isn't even allowed to do magic outside of school and decides to lock him in his room where he can't even magic himself out without getting expelled. Yeah, there's no letter in the movie at all. Bag of assholes is just a dick who locks Harry in his room and puts bars on his window. What the neighbors must have thought about that. Right? Seriously. I mean... It's a little crazy. I mean, they're so, like, the Dursleys are so worried about being perceived as normal. It's not normal to put bars on your window. Right, right. Maybe it's because it wasn't facing the street. The window wasn't. The window was in the back garden. So maybe they were like, oh. But it's still the second story. Yeah. People can see that. I know. That's, That's very odd. Yeah. This is such a minor difference. But I do still want to mention that in the book, they hired a guy to come and fit the bars on the window. And then the movie shows Vernon doing it himself. 
Yeah, and as he is doing so, he tells Harry that he will never go back to his school or see his friends again. Then the scene transitions to nighttime and Bag of Assholes has to eat his hat as Harry is awoken by a loud-ass car that flies up to his window containing a trio of Weasleys. (laughs) The book actually tells us that three days goes by. Harry is only allowed out of his room once in the morning and again in the evening to use the bathroom. He is fed canned soup and probably more raw grilled cheese through a cat flap on his door. They are not gonna like his Yelp review, man. Like, this is why you should have booked on TripAdvisor. Right? It's the worst B&B ever. Seriously. But anywho, severe child abuse aside, I got a kick out of some excellent alliteration during this part. Dobby may have saved Harry from horrible happenings at Hogwarts. Damn, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, the alliteration, not the child abuse. Right, That'd be weird. But then, that night, Harry has a dream about being locked in a zoo and having people come by to stare at him in his cage, labeled underage wizard. (laughs) And, And Dobby comes by and tells him that Harry Potter will be safe there, and the Dursleys come by to laugh at him while Dudley rattles the bars. Which just makes me think about how that backpack of assholes treated the snake in the very first book. Then Harry wakes up to find Ron actually staring at him through his barred window. And end scene. And end scene. (laughs) We do have a couple of actors to mention from this scene. Dobby is voiced by Toby Jones, who has been in a ton of things and did the perfect Dobby voice, in my opinion. I love, I love Toby Jones' voice. Yeah, it was so great. The high-pitched squeakiness was just... It's just so fitting. And I, like, I always loved the voice, but I had no idea who it was. So it was kind of fun to, like, who did Dobby's voice? And be like, oh, that guy. I know that yeah. guy. Because he's been, what, like, Ever After and Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just done a ton of things. Yeah. And, like, well-known stuff. Too. Yeah, like, he's, he's... It's so funny because the Dobby voice is very different from his own. Right. Which, thank God, because that'd be weird if there was a grown man with, <laughs> that with sounded that voice. Like yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter must not go back yeah. to Hogwarts. Yeah. What? <laughs> right. But yeah, so that's that's a good thing that he has a much different voice. But it's it was so fitting. Yeah. It was so. It, he captured the essence of Dobby quite nicely, in my opinion. He really did. I love him, and I love Dobby. We also had Jim Norton as Mr. Mason and Veronica Clifford as Mrs. Mason. Though they didn't have a big role, we do at least want to acknowledge their part. They did get to do and say a little more in the deleted scene, so that was... Yeah, that was something. Yeah. I did actually really appreciate Veronica Clifford's delivery on her line about all her suits being tailor-made. Yeah. (laughs) What a snot. Right? Not that I would expect anything less from associates of Vernon Dursley. (laughs) Right, yeah. Seriously. I mean, they did they did good for what they did, but it was a very bit part. It so. was. It was definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Mr. Mason got to do much of anything. Even in the deleted scene, like, he had that slight little line about golfing occasionally. Yeah. But it just... That was really It, it. was kind of... The focus was 100% on Harry and the pudding. Yeah. So it was Which it was supposed to be. So right. you were kind of... They were kind of meant to be yeah. in the background, which is... But Mrs. Mason got to do her putting dropped on my head reaction yeah. and it was i like i feel like any fun. any kid who grew up in the 80s has always dreamed of having the nickelodeon slime dropped on them that must have been somewhat of what that felt like yeah probably you know it looked like it was all just whipped cream for the most Food part whipped cream probably but yeah so easy to clean off but no anyway. it was, they were fun yeah it was good i enjoyed them well done well done jim and veronica we appreciate you <laughs> 
Well, that will bring us to our Potter Ponderings. We actually have two this week. So the first one is, what do you think about how Harry treats Dobby and what Dobby describes as Harry's goodness? Yeah. And then our other one is, since we know that the Dursleys really care about appearing normal, how do you think they would have explained the bars they put on Harry's window to the neighbors? So that's what that's what we want to know this week. And we'll put this up as a post with both of a minute. You can just respond to one, respond to both, whatever you want. Find it on our Facebook page and let us know your thoughts. Yeah. So make some good excuses up for bars on window. I'm looking forward to reading <laughs> these. Yeah, my sister's house, the, the the basement window has bars on it, but that's because it's a basement window. Yeah, you know, like, like that makes it's sense. not normal to bar the second floor. Yeah, like in, one in, window. In neighborhoods that are a little bit more unsafe, which is clearly not Privet Drive. No. But in neighborhoods that are a little bit more unsafe, it's not that uncommon to have bars on the windows, but it's always the first floor. And it's all the windows. It's not just one, one window. set of windows. Random. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's weird. So let us know. Make some good excuses up for me. Right? We want to hear some good ones. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that'll bring us to this week's Sorting Hat story. And we're featuring Callie Waters today. And Callie is a sweetheart. I love her to death. She's my uh, nephew's girlfriend, actually. She writes, I am a Ravenclaw. My wand is made of cypress, 11 and 3 quarters with a phoenix feather core, and my Patronus is a dolphin. That's very fitting for her. I have always loved Harry Potter, thanks to my mom. She was the one who got me into it. She gave me the books she had and bought and bought the rest of them as they came out. I think the first or second movie is my favorite. It's when the magic was new and exciting for the trio, and my go-to movie when I'm sick or had a crappy day at work. Thanks for sharing your story with us, Callie. Yep, thank you. I actually love the fact that her favorites are the first two when that's what we we just finished up the one and now we're going into the mm-hmm. second. So she's just got to be loving it. And that makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> but this brings us to this week's trivia question, which is what office does Arthur Weasley work at in the ministry? The prize for the first one who responds with the correct answer and the code word hashtag rubber duck will get a bitch is a witch, my fucker's a wizard, a Just Keep Rolling, or a Pride sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us. If you are an Apple person, you can do that through the Apple Podcast or iTunes app. If you don't have Apple, you can write a recommendation on our Facebook page. Then email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know that you did, and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. Following us on Podbean at justkeeprolling.podbean.com will get you the new episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. If you would like to support us as a patron for extra perks, you can go to patreon.com slash justkeeprolling. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated. And join us next week when we talk about Chapter 3, The Burrow, and the corresponding film scenes. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just just keep keep rolling. rolling.